everyone, and this is episode uh, 21 of Going Beyond Salvation. This is season two, and this is your host, Jess Robinson, and we are continuing on in our in our reading of numbers, and uh, and we'll talk about Mark a little bit today. And continuing on in, in numbers, you know, there was such an uprising against Moses and Aaron. You know, it just seemed like nothing, you know, just these people were uprising against them. And, you know, this harsh judgment happened. And, you know, Aaron, you know, he was the one having to run out in the midst of a plague at the end and, and offering incense because he's the mediator, you know, just as Christ is the mediator, you know, when you think about it, he is our, our intercessor, you know, he mediates between us and God and, and, and so that's what Aaron does and the plague stops and, but the Lord does one more thing and, you know, he ends up having all the Israelites bring, you know, from one from each tribe their staff, which was huge and important. And, you know, he was defending, you know, his choice of, of, of the tribe of Levi as ministers and Aaron as high priest. And we see that it ends up blossoming and, and there's almonds that grow just so that the people will know. And then all of a sudden, the people are are saying, you know, we're, we will die. We are lost. We are all lost. Anyone who even comes near the tabernacle of the Lord will die. Are we all going to die? And, you know, they're, they're freaking out. And, and, and in that time, it's like, yes, because they realize how holy the Lord is at that point. I think they... We're having a time of repentance. And then we just jump into 18. And you know, the Lord's talking to Aaron about the duties of the priests and the Levites. And that they're to bear the responsibility for offenses against the sanctuary. You know, and it was, you know, they had to take great and great care to to serve God and do what the Lord required. Because think about it. Nobody else was, you know, tasked with taking care of the sanctuary. Nobody could go in further and, you know, into the sanctuary than, and only the priests were. So, yes, they had to bear the responsibility of, of making sure that they were, you know, ministering before, you know, ministering as they were supposed to be doing. And they were held to a different standard than the people. You know, they were held to a higher standard. And it's just like, you know, today, you know, in the body of Christ, you know, those who, who go into ministry, who go into evangelism, you know, especially ministry, you know, you see ministers and and those who do teach Bible classes and stuff, we have to be careful. We're held to a different standard and, and. And it's just because, because we are the ones that are, are giving the word out. We're ministering to, to the sheep, you know, and all of that. So, you know, if there's any false doctrine that comes from us, if we end up causing, 
you know, false doctrine, we have to answer to the Lord on that. You know, if we cause people to stray, you know, away from, from what, you know, the true word says, we have to answer to it. That's why I'm so, you know, there's so many ministers and, and denominations today that they have allowed things that, you know, is against, you know, what the word says, they're going to have an answer to the Lord when, you know, in, in the end about their choice of what they did. And, you know, so many people they, they, that they led astray. And so we have to be very careful about that, you know, and, and so that was a huge thing. And, and then, but he's also talking about the Levites as well, the offerings and, and what is theirs, you know, they didn't get an inheritance like the rest of the Israelites. Their inheritance was the Lord, but he's telling them all the things that they're getting and it's all these good things. And, you know, as believers, you know, our, our inheritance is, you know, eternity with the Lord. Our inheritance is this, this kingdom that's going to last forever. And the things that come from the Lord are good. You know, and we think, oh, God's just going to hit us with a ruler. And it's like, no, the things the Lord gives us is, is good. Yes, he, he does discipline when he needs to discipline. But, you know, he's so good about it, though. You know, and, but, you know, aside from that, it's like when you have a relationship with the Lord, the things that the Lord gives us is good. It's only good, you know. When we ask for for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you know, he's not turning around and giving us a plague. He's he's he gives us the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, and you know, he's so good, you know, and you know, he gives us peace, which is a good thing. He gives us joy, which is a good thing. He gives us good things, you know, and, and we have all these things to look forward to in, in eternity. And when we, and as we read this Bible, there's so many promises and these promises are so good, you know, because when we look at the end, you know, the, the Lord wins, you know, we win, you know, and it's, it's like, that's so good. We don't have we see what's going around outside our walls and there's all this chaos, but we can just say, you know what? I know how it's going to end and it's good. You know, the, I was worshiping today and there was a song from Bethel and it's called, you know, your promises never fail. And it's like, it's true. Your promises are never going to fail. And, you know, as believers today, we're seeing things, his promises come to pass right before our eyes and you know as as we move forward and each day we're getting closer to the lord returning you know we don't know when he's gonna the the day and hour but each day that passes by we're we're one day closer to the lord returning and it's like we you know we're seeing these things come to pass and it means that great things are coming you know so many people feel like, oh, doom and gloom, and this is so scary. And it's like, why is it so scary? 
You know, you if it's so scary to you, you really need to check your heart where it's at in your life. Are you following Jesus? Because it's like, if I'm seeing prophecy come to pass, it's like, okay, I need it. You know, I'm going to be looking to heaven more because it's like, Jesus is coming back, you know? And that's such a great thing. That's something that we shouldn't dread. You know, I remember, you know, my grandpa that, you know, when he had bone cancer and he pretty much made the decision, like he, he was doing chemo, you know, he, he fought, he fought the battle and he did chemo for a while and it just got to the point that, um, the chemo wasn't working and he pretty much, you know, he, they believed he had developed a blood clot, um, just because, you know, he wasn't moving, you know, wasn't able to get around because of, because of the chemo, but he also had ulcers. So he couldn't take Coumadin, you know, for the blood clot because he would have bled out and died through his stomach and he was going to die, you know, and, but, you know, the doctors were there to say, you know, we'll fight, we'll fight this battle if you want to continue to fight this battle. And my grandpa was at that point, he had resolved. He says, you know, I just want to go home. He was a believer. He, he accepted, he, he knew Jesus and he knew where he was going. And he's like, I just want to go home. And we knew that it meant that he was ready to pass away. And he went into hospice, which was a really great service. And, you know, he went home, you know, to his physical home. And, but there, you know, and, and my parents and my sister were taking turns, taking care of him because my sister was going to college at the time for nursing. And so during the day, she had to be focused on schoolwork as well still during this time. And so they, my mom was taking care of him and, you know, he was just having, even after resolving that, he was just struggling. And I remember our pastor came by and talked with him and he says, you know, I'm jealous of you. And, you know, as you know, my grandpa was like, why? And he's like, because you get to be in heaven. You get to see Jesus. You don't have to worry about politics anymore. You don't have to worry about the IRS. You don't have to worry about sickness and you're going to be in a younger body when you get there. He says, so I'm jealous of you, you know, because he says, you're going home, you know, you're going home to be with Jesus. And it actually, my, it clicked with my grandpa that he had ran the race and that he was going home, you know, and, and, and he went home to be with with the Lord. And he was so much more at peace by then because he knew, yeah, I get to see eternity now. And so that's just something that we have to think about, you know, that the Lord gives us good things and there's good things that we look forward to with the Lord. He doesn't steal our fun. He doesn't steal, you know, you can have fun as a believer, you know, and and I think about it now, it's just like, why would I want to, why is it so fun to, to go get drunk and then throw up 
the next day. There's nothing fun about that. It's like where, you know, I'm married. I get to enjoy my husband in the evenings. I get to, you know, we read our Bible together. You know, it's just like the Lord's just given me so much good things. And, and that is promises, you know, we read his words, his promises are going to come back or, you know, come to pass in, in, in the name of Jesus, they're going to come to pass and we're seeing them come to pass. You know, I think our, our eyes need to be really focusing towards heaven because I think we're getting closer and closer to, you know, to the day that Jesus is coming back. I feel like that. And so you know, he's talking about that, that their inheritance was God. And it's the same way with us believers. Our, our inheritance is God, you know, and, and I sit here and I think about it. My life has changed and it's like, I don't care, you know, if I don't get an inheritance from a family member that dies, it's like my inheritance is the Lord. It's eternity. <laughs> That's my inheritance. <laughs> And so, you know, we, we read that and it's just amazing, you know, and I think our, you know, the theme of this whole thing, you know, because we're going to go into Mark and I'm not going to go so much into the details of, of the end times. Cause we did that with, with Matthew, but with Mark, it's, I I'll share it when I get there, but it's so amazing, you know, cause the Lord really put my mind to that when I was worshiping and singing that song this morning that you know our our his promises are never going to fail and so going into chapter 19 there's the water cleansing and i mean it just keeps there's so much of this that keeps pointing to jesus and there's this thing with a red heifer and now there's a lot of prophecy dealing with a red heifer now, I don't ver- know very much about it. I really haven't really looked into it. There's, you know, something dealing with a red heifer. I just challenge you to go look into it. Um, I know it's got to deal with that when when the temple sacrifice is going to be reinstated, re- in- you know, in, in the end times that to cleanse the temple, they have to have a red heifer. And see, the red heifer is, is, you know, a type and shadow of Jesus. And, you know, it's a type of shadow of Jesus. When we look in, in the book of Hebrews, it contrasts the cleansing effect of Christ's blood to that of the ashes of the red heifer. See, Christ's blood, you know, as I've said before, that it atoned our sins once for all, where the sacrifices of an animal only, you know, cleanse the outside. It was only temporary. And, you know, and that's the thing, but it, all these sacrifices were pointing to Jesus, who would be the final ultimate sacrifice, the permanent sacrifice. And there's just so much you know, imagery, like I have in my study Bibles, you know, scar, scarlet wool circled. 
And what it is, is the scarlet represents our, our covenant with God, you know, and then it, we get into verse 18 and it says, then a man who is ceremonially clean is to take some hyssop. Remember when Jesus is crucified, there's hyssop, dip it in the water and sprinkle the tent and all the furnishings and the people who were there. He must also sprinkle anyone who has touched a human bone or a grave or someone who has been killed or someone who has died a natural death. And I mean, it just continues to point to Jesus over and over again. You know, just it's a point, you know, points to the crucifixion. That's what I just keep saying. And so that's essentially, you know, and that's the thing about it is, yeah, the whole thing of, you know, promises, we'll see promises, you know, come to pass. And it's like, think about the disciples. They were seeing promises come to pass, a promise of a Messiah that had been foreshadowed through, you know, it was a type of shadow, you know, all these sacrifices were just pointing to Jesus, who was the ultimate sacrifice. Think about that, being in their shoes and later on, reading all these things and going, wait a minute, this was pointing to Jesus and, and coming to realize that this promise had come to pass. Think about being in their shoes in that way, you know, that it came to pass, you know, came to pass through Jesus. And that's just something that we can rejoice in is that God's promises come to pass in our lives if it already came through before. He's going to continue, you know, and we're going to see them come to pass. And so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to jump into Mark. And we are back and we're in, in Mark chapter 13 and, you know, we're in this part where it's the signs of the end of the age. And we, we talked a lot about that in, in the book of Matthew. So I'm not really going to rehash everything. Um, I'm just going to point out some things that, you know, Mark, you know, clearly does. And just some of the things the Lord just laid on my heart, you know, especially with promises come to pass. When we see this, and it's known as the Olivet Discourse because they're on the Mount of Olives. And as I talked about, in some of the past ones, um, podcasts, Mount of Olives, there was a lot of graves up there. That's where the Jewish people, because there's a lot of prophecy dealing with the Mount of Olives, because that's where Jesus is going to come back after the tribulation. There's this huge old thing about that. He's going to come back to the Mount of Olives. And so this is a place of life. You know, there was death, but Jesus brings life in this place. And this is where, uh, from what I understand, this is where he actually ascended into heaven as well, is from the Mount of Olives. So there's, you know, life. And so they're up there talking and, and Mark notes that, and he's the only one that notes that he's talking only to Peter, James, John, and Andrew, his disciples, and not all the disciples. And this whole thing about the, the Olivet Discourse and the signs of the and the end of the age, you know, and I, when, you know, if you want to look into those, you know, look into Matthew 24 podcasts where we talk about that at the end of the age. 
stuff. And, but what it is, is, you know, some of these signs, you know, that are, are being talked about, you know, part of the signs were fulfilled and, and part are yet to be filled. So for example, Jerusalem, you know, faced a major war with the Roman, with the Romans, and there was Jewish rebels in Judea and Jerusalem, and they experienced a severe famine in Judea. And there was a, a point where the armies, you know, surrounded Jerusalem and there was a big slaughter and there was, you know, the temple fell in, you know, AD 70 and by AD 70, the gospel has spread throughout the entire Roman empire. And the end came for Israel, Jerusalem and the Jewish people at that point in, in AD 70. Many Christians you know, as had escaped, um, you know, for protection, when you look at history, that he had escaped because they actually looked to Jesus's predictions and they knew, oh, great, this is what he's talking about. Like I said, you know, these, these disciples were seeing God's promises come to pass. So be in their shoes. Now, some of them, yes, it probably was a little bit fearful, but for them to see the the promises come to pass for Jesus. What he said on that, that mountain probably was like, wow. And for many Christians that heard that over and over, read the gospels were probably like, wow. And, and, and really looking to the heavens. Cause probably they thought that the end times were going to show up and, you know, in that time. And trust me, you know, growing up, uh, my grandma, who was on my mom's side, she really studied end times a lot. That was her favorite thing to study. And there was a lot of times when when things would happen throughout history, she would periodically say, I think we are really drawing near to this time. And I... She was really looking to the heavens. I think she felt like that Jesus was going to come back before she died. That didn't happen. She ended up passing away before Jesus came, you know. But she got to see Jesus. She's there with Jesus. She's there with him. But there was times that I was coming across her notes, especially like when it came to Timothy and stuff. And she started realizing that we were, that we're going through a different phase and into a transition. And I think if she was here today, she'd be saying, you know, we're really, really drawing near. Um, but I'm kind of glad she's not in this time because when this time was, you know, at the time of this recording, you know, we're dealing with the coronavirus. And I mean, my grandma had congestive heart failure. So she would be, you know, in that at risk category and, and it, it's not good for her. And so, but she doesn't have to worry about coronavirus. She's up in heaven now, you know, in her new, in her heavenly body. But anyway, that's going back to, to Mark, you know, some of it was fulfilled, but some of it had yet to be fulfilled. And you'll see that in the book of Daniel as well, that some 
is fulfilled, but some is for a later time. And, you know, a great tribulation will occur, as we saw in Matthew 24. And the abomination of of desolation will come to Jerusalem. That's in Matthew 24. And that's also pointed later on in, in, in the New Testament. Paul talks about that as well. And it's also talked about in the book of Daniel. So when you get when you do end times, you have to kind of do Revelation, Daniel, it's it's all together. <laughs> and you start seeing a bigger picture. You know, that there's you know great and fearful cosmic activity in the sun, moon, and stars, which is in Matthew 24 and Mark 13, and even in Luke. We'll see that in the book of Luke. That there's going to be a false prophet um, deceiving many that we see in Matthew and Mark. And it's also put in, in the book of Revelation. You know, and... You know, it, it's leading up to Christ setting up his kingdom. And so, you know, and, and just kind of thinking about, you know, what the Lord was placing on, on, on my heart about his promises coming to pass. I mean, they saw, you know, the early church saw a lot of things come to pass. They saw this first part, but they never got to see the second part, other than John, who was giving, given the revelation, you know, which we ended up writing the book of Revelation on, but they ended up passing away. And, but I know, you know, it's just like Abraham. Abraham didn't see the promise, but he still, you know, walked in faith. And that's how it is, is we're going to see everything come to pass and and the promises that have been laid out in this in this book we're going to see it come to pass and even those who are in heaven they're they're seeing things come to pass they're seeing a different side of things coming to pass that we don't see you know they're seeing things happening that we don't see you know they're seeing the bigger picture and that's just something that we need to always be reminded that we're going to see God's promises come to pass. No matter what is going around us, we're sitting here going, this is what God's word says. And I'm going to stand on it and believe on it and stand on the solid rock that which is Jesus because he doesn't lie, you know. And so that's essentially, you know, what I, I really felt like, you know, and, you know, I, and the question I had for myself was, you know, man, what were, was going through the disciples and all these early church people that made it this far to, to the destruction in Jerusalem, you know, all these, these, these early church followers, you know, what was going through their mind? you know, as they read this word and then it was starting to come to pass some of these things that were fulfilled. What was there going through their mind, you know? And even now it's, you know, think about it, you know, when we're seeing things happening in this world, you know, you look at the news and the news right now wants to bring more fear, 
but and and being a news reporter it's like I don't allow this to bring fear into my heart you know I look at these projections with coronavirus and I say well that's your projection but I I stand with who my God is you know and and what his word says that he's my healer and I believe you know, he's going to miraculously heal more than what they're predicting is going to die. <laughs> and I look and, and stand on these promises, you know, and, and we look around us and, and just see what's going on. And it's like, it's just, it opens up the door to share the gospel, the hope that I stand for, the hope that I believe in more and more these days. And so you know, don't let every, you know, what the news headlines bring, you know, don't let it bring fear. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And, you know, as, as Paul wrote, and, you know, we don't have to fear. We don't have to fear because God is sovereign. He's in control. And this word is living and active. And we can look to this word and find hope. Because Jesus has overcome the world and we can continue to stand on those promises because we are going to see them fulfilled. You know, even, even if we do pass away before Jesus comes back, we have, you know, death is, is not the end. You know, it's just an opening for us to be in eternity. And we'll start seeing promises coming to pass on a different end, on a different scale. That's what we get to see. And so let this bring hope to you, you know, because, you know, what's going on in the world, you know, it's trying to bring fear. It's trying to bring panic. But we don't have to live with fear. We, you know, like I said, we've not been given a spirit of fear. You know, we can look and we rejoice in, in who our, our Lord is. And so that's pretty much it for for today. For the next episode or next po- podcast, um, we're going to go over uh, Numbers. You know, just, just read Numbers tw- chapter 20, verse 1 through 21, verse 35. And then... Uh, Psalm 37, verse 23 through 29, and then Proverbs 6, chapter 26 through 27, and then Proverbs chapter 6, verses 26 through 27, and then Mark chapter 14, verses 1 through 26. And so I'm just going to end in a prayer, and I just want to say thank you, Lord Jesus, for your promises, Lord, and and for who you are, God, that you are the same God today as you were yesterday, and you're going to continue being the same. That, Lord, we can look to you and rejoice, that we can look to your word and rejoice because of who you are, Lord, and that, Lord, you are sovereign, you are in control, that you're our healer, our redeemer, our Lord and Savior, Lord God. There's so much to you that we can rejoice, that we do not live with a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, Lord God. And that, Lord, we just pray, God, today, Lord, that we would just continue to look to your word and that your promises would just begin to fill our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would just pour out from us, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, have your way. And that, Lord, we would look to the heavens and that, Lord, we would look to you and you alone, Lord. 
And we just thank you, God, for all that you're doing and continue to do. In Jesus' holy, precious name, amen. Have a great day, you guys. Thank you.